to change how we deliver and receive health care. After spending close to 27 years as a nurse, she had what she describes as a Mack truck moment, which was the catalyst for her journey to healing. Thank you so much for joining me, Jackie. Welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Such a pleasure to be able to sit down and have this conversation with you. I love how um, on here it's it's called, no one will see this, but it's called the playground. So I feel like we've come to the playground. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's a good one, isn't it? I find your story so interesting because I've met so many people like you where you have this moment where you go, no more. <laughs> I can't keep living in this way. Yeah. So let's set that scene a little bit for our listeners and go back to what that metric moment was. And when you knew that it was time to make radical changes for your health and well-being. Yeah, great question. So my mat truck was almost seven years ago now. So I say that I've been rewilding for nearly seven years. <laughs> um, just to put some context, I'm 48 years young, raised in the 70s, 80s. A whole different t- time, whole different time. I also had the added bonus of having a health journey as a child. I had to navigate open heart surgery as an eight-year-old. So you know, now when I look back and now I know what I know, I gave away some of my body autonomy at a very young age. So then fast forward to the Met truck, I'm now 42 years young and I had a benign or unrelated surgery on the anniversary of my open heart surgery at the same hospital to the point that even my mum was driving me there going, oh, ha, ha, you know, this time 36 years ago I was driving you here and I was like, oh, ha, ha, it's so funny. <laughs> and neither of us re- quite realised what was going to incur. I guess a real pivotal moment was going under anaesthetic for the first time since I was eight years old. And it was pretty obvious to me as a health professional, but as anybody really, that, you know, you're all wired up and I could hear my heart rate and it was fast. I was tachycardic, but still I was placed, I was put to sleep. It was a real first step for me, like the fact that the lack of compassion of, you know, hey, this is this this person <laughs> in front of us is not comfortable. And once again, that body autonomy was taken from me. But uh, yeah, I woke from that surgery and yeah, it really pretty rab- rapidly declined, went downhill really fast. And when the shit hits the thing, <laughs> more shit comes. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. And I just couldn't catch my breath enough to actually see what the root cause was. I was seeing all these other things 
And then, yeah, then eventually I found the root cause. So I love your question so good about when was it and just journey through some things. And I eventually ended up working with a life coach. And one day she said to me, this was it. This was the moment. She said to me, um, because I was a nurse manager at the time and managing nurses all around New Zealand. And I was, I'm um, to that more leadership role where I'm in, in the role as well as leading it. And she said to me, you know that you're replaceable. And I left that session with her and I just went, holy, wow, I am. <laughs> and I just had this, I had this ego because I actually founded that role. I pioneered that role and that's what you know about me already and what others can find out about me is that is a superpower of mine is, is pioneering. I had this like belief that this was mine (laughs) and it wasn't until someone said that and I went holy yeah and I actually resigned from that role the next day and it was truly I was 42 years young it was truly the first time I'd resigned from a role and not having had a role like I I'd resigned to to do my OE I'd resigned to to have my family I'd resigned to go to another role but I hadn't resigned for me. That was the pivotal moment. You are replaceable. And, and I was. And and I was replaced with three people. Left one role and was replaced with three. I can do a lot of stuff that I have this, we all have this amazing body that tells us when we're not in the right place. And that's what mine was telling me. And it was telling me to get to the root cause, sister. And boy, did I. And I say to people, um, was it hard? Hell yeah. Would I do it again? Yeah, in a heartbeat. I would. Even knowing how hard it was, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like so many of us come out of the health system feeling there's that part of you that just turns into your diagnosis or your body, it's pathologized. Um, and that's a, yeah, it's a really difficult thing to mend from afterwards. And you've mentioned there about getting to the root cause. And I know that process is never quick. We don't go, something needs to change. Oh, that's what it is. Now I'm better. It can be a process. So how did you go from living in that way and I guess operating in that system to finding a different way of being? Yeah. Well, first of all, my amazing body stopped me in the track in my tracks. And my medicine bag was up until then was I was a runner. I I drank alcohol and I was busy. I was busy. And because my baseline of was my you know, was fight and flight. So I always wanted to get back to baseline. And so my amazing body stopped me because it couldn't handle. I was at a pivotal point. It was either do or die. It was either disease or make a change and I didn't that didn't wasn't put in front of me that was my body I literally was stopped and how it manifested is with panic attacks anxiety agoraphobia claustrophobia anorexia so that's how it manifested but what it was actually doing was stopping me and in, in that time of pause I what I say my whispers returned And so I, and I call them my umbrella voice, you know, that voice and you walk past the umbrella and it says, take me. And you think, what, why am I taking you? It's sunny outside. (laughs) So yeah, so that my umbrella voice came back and literally led me on this kind of what I call breadcrumb trail, bit of a Hansel and Gretel trail. 
you've talked about you started getting the breadcrumbs. What was the first breadcrumb? Where and where did you find it? How did you know that was the first place to start? Yeah, because I yeah, because I'd been really stopped in my tracks. Like I'd been paused, sacred paused, I like to say that sounds so much better than breakdown or <laughs> any of those other labels that we have. So because I'd sacred paused, literally these whispers returned. Like literally these whispers. And I guess, you know, also people around me had noticed a difference. I was a bit of um, you know, I'm a firecracker and I was I was a burnt out, I don't know, skyrocket. <laughs> and and so people noticed and and I it's hard to remember now, but I, I felt like I was screaming for help and and no disrespect to others, but they, a lot of people just disappeared. They didn't know what to do or say. But others with meaningfulness, they did suggest things. And, and I was pretty desperate. Like, I was sitting on this moving ball of energy going, and I literally went out loud, show me the way, or, or I'm off this moving ball of energy. And, yeah, it was probably my first experience of really feeling into my intuition and being that embodiment of discovering the how yeses and the noes because I hadn't allowed space in life for those messages to come through. And so, yeah, my amazing body had slowed me down so much that they came through and they were really loud and clear. One thing I would have loved to have <laughs> known back then was would have been great to have, and I did, they did start to come, is to get the magical mentors on how to really ground yourself with those messages because I went from high to low and, and didn't find that happy medium. So I was in a real high and what I call like floating, a floating feeling. So I wasn't grounded. And now these words, you know, they're really common, you know, but back then no one used any of those words to me. So it would have been awesome if <laughs> someone have said, actually, you know what, you're, you're, you've discovered this inner knowing and, and you need to ground it into you, yeah. So I went from kind of low to high pretty quickly, and that's kind of me, I'm all or nothing. And it was the first time, like, I was a mum and a woman, and, and I was in a caring profession, so it was a lot of modelling I had was to give into others before yourself. And all of a sudden, I was investing in my biggest asset me, and it was really weird. <laughs> it was really weird. But once I popped, I couldn't stop. And so what it looked like, I was a runner and a gym junkie so I went and did one-on-one yoga because I knew I needed I knew I needed to learn to um, breathe and do and slow down I was doing some talk therapy and that was one of the couple of things that only the couple of things that really landed and one was she witnessed that I I was a shallow breather no one had ever told me I'd never known I was born breathing but I'd never been taught how to breathe and so I literally read a book on the sun one day about breathing and I was blown away. I was like, whoa, this is something I can do. I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to pay money for this. I can actually do this. And since then, you know, seven years later, like I'm such a massive advocate for breath work. It's like a million dollars worth of therapy is learning how to breathe. And then I just got super curious and I just start, literally started following the breadcrumbs and then started meeting my kind. And when you meet your kind, you want more of them. It was really, it was like a freaking seesaw because you'd meet your kind and then you'd lose your old kind. And you're like, oh, but where are you going? <laughs> and again, I've been modelled that you keep the same people in your life whereas now I know for me there's seasons and reasons and 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 that's okay that's okay 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that will resonate with a lot of people because cancer is a Mack truck moment. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) About, yeah, just knowing that I hadn't been listening to my body. I was the same, all or nothing. Just constantly trying to achieve and all of that stuff. Certainly wasn't like straight away where I went, oh, wow, something needs to change and this is what it is in life magically unfolded. It took a lot of searching. And I think one of the the challenges in our medical system is there is no space for the healing. Like they patch you up, which is great. Modern medicine is a wonderful thing. I know that a lot of people really struggle once they finish treatment of how do I put it all back together? Because a lot of us feel very broken after, after treatment ends because it's Yeah, it's a trauma. It's a trauma to your body and it makes you question everything about life (laughs) and the people around you and, you know, how you've been living. And I want to touch on the breathwork thing because I've done two sessions and it is so powerful. And I, it's, yeah, I've had to really open my mind up a lot in the past year to trying different things and trying things that I may not have before because, I just had this sense that something had to change. Like I, there was that person inside of me that had been wanting to get out for almost 42 years. And, and that's who I've been discovering, like pulling back all those layers. And as you say, like being willing to be curious. And this is how I met you. And just funny because I was thinking before, it's like, I don't even know how I did meet you. Did you come with my Instagram feed? I don't know, maybe. And I think I slipped yeah. into your DMs. I, I, yeah. I think this is a good place to explain what Heart Place Hospital is. Yeah. And you've triggered a few things for me to really share, like in our health system, our code or our language, you know, it's my first label diagnosis was a congenital heart defect at four years old. I was told it's defective, that I needed repairing. And we hear it in cancer too. Fight and uh, fuck cancer and and you're getting the memo just as I got the memo. I, I thank my Mac truck moment and I still have little Mac truck moments and each time they come now I'm like thank you and again sit with curiosity and allow those space for those whispers to come in. So Heart Place Hospital is is around daring to care differently. It's around creating change from this chaos. I think we've got a really amazing opportunity from what we've all experienced in the last three years. You also touched on around our healthcare providers. No judgment, I was an unhealed healer for 21 years. I was ticking boxes and on time and it was very masculine patriarchal like you mentioned. And I had been modelled in, you know, all through schooling, all through Movies, books, everything around being a woman and being a giver and a carer and giving into there was nothing left of me. It was and it was a badge of honour. Then I thought, I'm doing life right. I've got this nail. Whereas now I've like you said, pivoted and looked at things differently, daring to be different. I started this world different and I think this really big message for our providers of health is we're actually space holders for healing and we don't need to fix or help someone because nature is diverse and a lot of us who are have been called upon to be the pioneers, to be the light at the top of the lighthouses, we were throwing these massive curveballs 
to shake us up. And I had that, I've said, I've spoken into that, I had that moment where it was do or die. And the breadcrumbs came fast enough, soon enough <laughs> for me to do. I've got big curly hair, I embrace my big curly hair, always wanted a blonde swinging ponytail. I've got a big whopping scar down the middle of my chest. Out roller skating, I'm learning to surf. I'm, I just dare not to fall into this narrative of growing old and having to be a certain way. And this, I need to be the example, and that's what Heart Place Hospital has been the example. I've been an activist, I've been an been evangelical, and yeah, it didn't serve, so now I'm being the example. So Heart Place Hospital is forever morphing, because that's just like nature, we change. <laughs> so going through another morph, I was a bedside nurse up until the middle of last year, right in the front line of the pandemic, and... I was living in duality and I realised that is really challenging and we have this kind of like inner knowing but we also have to live in society. So it is really challenging so that grounding is really important. So Heart Place Hospital currently looks like I have workshops in sacred sexuality, really powerful remembering of the energetics of our the power within us, period power, which is again the remembering of the power of our cyclical nature and really honouring and embracing that. Pause for menopause, really celebrating this phenomenal transition that occurs rather than the narrative of it being so horrendous and hot and <laughs> forgetful. Um, seeing again the celebration of this transition and how powerful it is and how those that are transitioning are our, alongside our future carers and givers it's we are the change makers and chain breakers. Our world is screaming out for us to show up, step up and speak up. We are we're it's tentative. It's it's doing a big cry and it's saying heal me and I'll heal you and heal you and you'll heal me. Yes, yes we will. I wanna track back to a couple of points you make because I feel that they there'll be a lot of people listening who have been through cancer treatment, they may have been put into a early menopause, and I feel like some of the things that we've spoken about are really relevant. You've introduced me to those ideas of cycles and to flipping it on its head about what menopause is and really almost investigating those ideas of just putting up with it or this is what it means. What I feel like you're asking is around embracing these changes. And that's, I think, is again being the example. Like, honestly, like, I, I'll have a hot flash on a Zoom call and I'm stripping off. And at the same time, I'm, like, going, I have all my powers coming up and out into the universe and I am, like, now giving lots of love and hope out to the universe while I'm being hot and flashy. Like, I speak like that. Like a crazy lady, you know, whereas I could I could gently take my jacket off and whereas I, I go for it. Like I show up as I am when I, like I'm awake in the night and I talk. I talk on my social media. I talk to people at the show. Like I show up, like I don't show up like this on the podcast and then go to a shop and talk to someone in Meek and Mile. Like I show up, like I'm like, I was awake in the night talking to the stars and I was saying to them, you know what, stars, show me the way. Tell me the next best thing. Send me a message, a really obvious message. I'm awake. I might as well do. I might as well make the most of it. Other things, really question. You know, like we're told through menopause that our libido is low. And I've gone, is my libido low or am I actually, like, seeking more? And I'm, I am. I'm seeking more. I'm seeking sacred connection. 
And the reason that I want, I'm seeking that is because I know the power in it. I know that I can actually manifest good things into into my world. What do I want in the world? I want Heart Place Hospital in the world. I want a key for our carers. I want a healer healers so that they, I've got full-on body truth bumps going through. Because I want those who are in front of our most vulnerable citizens to be the most the most careful, F-U-L-L, that they can be. And in this current way that we're living, they're not. I left bedside nursing after 27 and a half years last year, and I, no one thanked me. No one's contacted me going, well, there's a shortage. We'd love to ha- have your expertise. I've busted my gut. And so when they say there's a shortage of healthcare professionals, there's not. There's just We just no longer will tolerate the disrespect and the lack of value that we have. And I've got teenage daughters who are transitioning through their through their archetype. You know, I speak up to them, hey, I'm transitioning too, sisters. <laughs> and hey, no one gave me a book on how to parent teenagers in this day and age. I'm just I just speak my truth. I embrace as much as I can and I and I Again, I step back into those intelligences. Like I still, I haven't embraced the grey hair yet. And I sit with it and I'm like, I've gone to my mental, I've gone to my physical, I've gone to my emotional, I've gone to my energetic and intuitive. Is it time? Is it time? And when they say, yeah, it's time, I'll embrace that. They've said it's time to embrace the heat. It's, they've said it's in time to embrace talking to the moons and stars at night. It's time to, to show up. It's yeah, and we have. It's about creating change because our society is not set up for us to be hot. Our society is not set up for us to be tired and grumpy. It still wants us to be meek and mild and good and glowing. And I just again, I'm an example of daring to live differently. You know, I'm in a position now where I'm tired. I go and have a witch cup when I'm feeling sad. I've set my life up that I can sit on the grass and cry. And I love it, and I embrace it, and I celebrate it because I'm releasing what's not serving me, but is it's blocking me. When energy gets blocked, it's disease. I don't want disease. I want to show up. I want to be here for a long time and be an example for others. When people ask me that, I'm like, you know what? If you're working in an office, if that's if you're working in a hospital, if you're working in a school, be the example. Say to our young people, if you're in a school, but you know what? Miss O'Connor's having a hot flash. She's just got outside just to give the world some more love and hope. <laughs> really show up. And if you're in an office, to say, actually, you know what? I'm just having a moment of suffering. I'm going to go outside and suffer outside in nature and be diverse just like nature is. And I'm going to hug a tree. And let's be an example of hugging trees. Let's be an example of ecstatic dance. Let's be an example of pole dancing, roller skating, surfing. Back to nature, back to basics. And we're seeing that, you know, our future carers, who I do a lot of support of, they're like, we don't want to work like you guys. We don't want to work like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do it, girlfriend. Do it, boyfriend. They're daring to live differently, getting the tiny houses. They're working the, what we would call part-time. It was such BS. This whole 40 hours came about when the war was in place and there was someone at home doing the caregiving and housekeeping and the food prep. And people aren't working 40 hours. They're working 40 hours plus. We weren't designed. We weren't designed to, to work like this. We were designed to reveal, feel, deal, and heal. We were totally designed to do that. And we were designed 
to feel each other, to heal each other. And if we're not healed healers, hands up, I was one for 21 years. I was an unhealed healer for 21 years because I just didn't have examples of people. And so Heart Place Hospital is that example of a healing health and education system. I want to mention about circles and ceremony because, and before we wrap up, because I think this is a good example. Now, some of this might be a little bit woo-woo for people, and that's fine. Like, you've got to find what works for you. And I grew up with two parents that were science teachers, so I've always come from a very logical place. And so I've been embracing other things in the past year. But one of the things that has been really helpful for me and the first time I really experienced it was Heart Place Hospital. It was awesome. It was like a, a woman's circle or a, a healing circle. And since then, I've been to another one. And I'm a person that hasn't been able to have children. And that is a, that's a very raw wound for me. And so one of the challenges really is around my, my period is back. And so I have a period and that can be quite challenging because it, it a monthly reminder and had to kind and I'm still working on this of figuring out a way to honor it and for it not to be a sad or a re-traumatizing thing every month and finding other women or people that have a feminine energy that's been really important for me and that thing that although we go through cycles they don't all have to be defined around motherhood that um yeah, that wisdom, and I'm sure I'm going to go into perimenopause soon. I'll be 42 in a couple of months. Yay! It's been... Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it really has helped me start to find a way to heal that wound of finding spaces with other people where I feel safe, and that involves ceremony because I have found ceremony and ritual really helps with that acceptance and release because I don't want to hold all this grief. Like, of course, I will carry that little that sadness because I, I would love to nurture someone. I would love to parent, but that's not my reality. Gosh, there's so much I could talk into that. So much. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could be a whole other podcast. But it's interesting because we can we can go to women's circles and we can have circles. Or we can do these things on our own. So, for example, this morning, fun fact, I'm menstruating. And so I thought, oh, what can I do? I'm How amazing am I? I'm bleeding and not dying. And I'm releasing what no longer serves me from last month. What can I do to honour that? And so I literally, all I, what I did was I pulled it from my rose oracle and I pulled the wild rose, do it your way, embrace your uniqueness untamed. And I shared it. I shared it with one of my, what I call a parts partner, so her and I, she's, she lives in America, so she's on my round table. I shared it with her. I'm like, look what I pulled today. I'm menstruating, look I'm pulled. She's like, oh, my gosh, on point, because we share what parts of us show up each day through a platform. And then I shared it to a couple of others that we mean share. And, yeah, so that's our circle. So like it's, yeah, and we share memes and we, we share podcasts and we share. Yesterday I watched You, Me and Anxiety by Robin Malcolm, so I shared that to a few people. So that's a woman's circle. And so in some of those group chats, one this week said to me, reached out to us, there's three of us in, the, in this particular chat, I'm stretched, I need help. And one of them said, I'm stretched, I've got my kids, but I can be available from Thursday. And I was able to say, I'm available let me hold space for you. So I didn't go back with, you need to do this, you need this, you need... I didn't go back with any of that. 
I held space for, the, for her and witnessed her, celebrated her because she's got the tools and she actioned them. So this is the way that we can honour honor our amazing ancestors who held them. And I think the biggest memo is that, and this is in healthcare, is that we're not, we can only heal and fix one person and that's ourselves. However, we can hold space. We can hold sacred space. And when I was frontline nursing Miller last year, I was in a all-girls school and I would have young women come in start expressing, oh, hey, I'm having a panic attack, I'm feeling anxious. I would put the kettle on. I'd get them to sit down. I'd bring out the essential oils. I put on myself just before I spoke to you because I knew I was going to be speaking up, showing up. I'd put on the kettle. I'd start pouring the jug, putting the they had herbal tea. And I reached out to herbal tea companies and said, hey, this is what I do. And I had all these donations of teas. And by the time I did all that ritual and then sat next to them, they'd, they'd had an opportunity to catch their breath, to apply the oils, and if appropriate, I'd pull out a card. Sometimes we sometimes we would sit outside and just I'd, we'd look at trees. I go, oh my gosh, can you believe that flower has flowered through that storm that we had last week? Isn't that amazing? And we're just the same. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could keep talking and it'll end up being, we do this amazing series. I know, right. <laughs> I'm in. I am, it's a hell of a I just checked with my intelligences and they went, yes. How did Jackie do, I don't know, the world? the <laughs> world. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Yes. I like it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and being open. Oh, thank you. And thank you for creating the space for us to be able to share these sacred stories. Thanks so much for listening. The C Word is every Sunday at 11.55am on Auckland 104.6 Planet FM. And anytime at www.planetaudio.org.nz forward slash the C Word.